From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The NFL Draft inches closer and closer. And this year is different because it's not one, it's not two, it's not three. There are four quarterbacks that, depending on who you talk to, all have a shot at being the top overall pick. And that means all have the pressure of being able to change a franchise. And now the third of those four quarterbacks has thrown at his pro day. And the result could be stunning. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Don't forget, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for a new Superstar battery. They can test your old battery for free, and if it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Get the power, performance, and reliability of Superstar exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. So, uh, there was a super start to the throwing today for Will Levis as all eyes were on Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, the ability uh, at the Kentucky Pro Day of the quarterback to get out and throw. Now, let's make sure everybody knows at this point, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, they've had their Pro Days back-to-back. So now we get the third of the four quarterbacks, Will Levis. Anthony Richardson won't have his until next week. And so we've talked a lot, Harry, about what these Pro Days can mean and how important the dinners are. So, you know, it's funny to find out that he went to dinner last night with the Panthers and with my beloved Raiders. So all eyes are on Will Levis and his ability to rise to be the best he can. So Todd McShay being just a a gift of a human being uh, from the field took the time right after he talked to Will Levis immediately as the pro day ended just minutes ago when we asked him his impressions, the words that he used were absolutely impactful. This is what he said. There was some brilliance and and there was some slop is probably the best way I could describe it. And, And it, it kind of mirrors the, his game tape from 2022. It just kind of ups and ups and downs. I, I thought, you know, first of all, the arm strength is undeniable. I thought he fatigued as the workout went on, which is, you know, strange. But he also was out here at 8 a.m. because he's such a perfectionist, you know, for, for good and for bad and going through the whole thing before he did it. So you wonder if his arm just tired out at the end. He made a brilliant throw, about 65, 70 yards in the air, um, you know, towards the end of his workout. But then the next three deep balls, you know, we're either ducks or we're overthrown or underthrown. So a lot of ups and downs, I would say, and it's consistent with his tape. Harry, how am I, like, I'm a Raiders fan. How am I supposed to be excited if the Raiders take Will Levis seventh overall with the concept of just hearing that <laughs> his tape and his pro day had some brilliance and some slop? Like slop's not a franchise quarterback word for a pro day. No, it, it's not. And, I'll, and I'll, let me say this first about Will Levis. I think he can play the game of football at a high level. Right. It's just the consistency part. You can't be sporadic, especially when a team is looking to draft you within the top 10. And that's some of the things that showed up on this tape. Right. Accuracy. You got guys wide open. That's that's close to you. You're missing them. You got to be consistent in this league, because if not, then who knows if you're going to start pressing. And then we've seen some of that probably pressing in his body language that probably may affected other throws because things weren't going well for Will Levis. Body language is everything. Uh, I also, I want to bring this up, though, because this, this, this is, to me, it's something I can't ignore. We got to remember, guys, he was at Penn State, right, before he transferred to the University of Kentucky. He didn't beat out Sean Clifford. And I'm going to tell you how, my thoughts on Sean Clifford. I don't think Sean Clifford is the best quarterback out there. Now, I do believe Will Levis is better than him, but 
he struggled to beat him out when he was there his first two years. But the consistency part and going through your progressions and why going through your progression, why is that so, uh, you know, key and vital? Well, I seen and played against a guy named Drew Brees. And I don't think I've seen anybody better at doing it. I literally in the game seen Drew Brees go through option one, two, three, back to one on a go route down the field for a touchdown. I played with Matt Ryan. That was something that was big in his game because option one is not going to always be there. Option two isn't going to always be there. But can you have that poise in the pocket and still stand tall, deliver that football, not worry about the rush or escape early? and still deliver that football to option three, who may be wide open for a big first down or an explosive play. Which is part of why, you know, McShay pointed out, as we I asked him at the end of the interview, if he saw anything that would change where teams have him ranked. And he said, no, there's going to be more importance to private workouts because of installations. Now, for anyone that doesn't Mm -hmm. know, what that means is that teams are going to sit down and basically give a portion of a playbook with with their quarterback and have him sort of install it, be able to walk through the reads, Go up to a you know a marker board and r- draw some things out. Dry erase board, right? They're going to have to be able to explain some of the concepts. It's basically in a processing and intelligence test, uh, in football intelligence test uh, for your quarterback, right? So like, yep. I, I think what McShay is telling us there is that we need to see how he's processing things to go along with how he's throwing the football. But uh, it's maddening to me because covering college football so much this fall. There was like a running joke sometimes watching Will Levis, who I think is a great interview and an electric dude and just the, the sort of person you want to be around. But he'll also put a, a, a five-yard pass in the dirt three yards off the receiver, and then he'll throw a beautiful ball downfield. Like, maddeningly inconsistent is something that makes me nervous. And I feel like in this world, we've decided that just because Josh Allen fixed his accuracy, every quarterback's going to be able to it. I don't know there that it's go. that simple. And, and, and I think you know, the best thing that happened to Will Levis is Josh Allen being able to overcome his early issues, you know, coming out of Wyoming and especially when he was with the Buffalo Bills because you see the 6'4 size, the 230 pounds, and also when he takes off and runs, he's a guy that can, you know, get it done in those regards. But you're going to have to be – he's going to have to be around someone who's always in his ear, who's always driving consistency. You want to – you may have a great day in practice or a, gay, a great game one week, but can you follow it up the, the second week, right? Those are the type of things. And being able to attain information and take it right to the field because that's how installs are when, you, when you're in a, 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 on an offense. You go through things, and even week by week, you may switch something up that you may have done the one way uh, the entire training camp but then you may get to a game week and they may say, you know what, we're going to switch all these things up. And you got to go right from the practice field, I mean right from the meetings to that practice field and execute those things on the field with your offense. It's funny to me because the concept of Josh Allen requires I'm, – I'm going to compare it to barbecue. Like you, you are a, a delightful cook. We both really like to cook. Mm-hmm. We all know that I could give everybody the same slab of meat, the same seasoning, the same sauce, and say make barbecue. And that doesn't mean that the chef is going to do a good job with it. And the thing that Buffalo did with Josh Allen is they went slow and low. They took their time. They realized if they ever wanted to get the best out of Josh Allen, it was going to take time to make that happen. Also, this is the most important thing when you're cooking something that takes time. They didn't take the lid off a bunch. They didn't open it up. They didn't let the heat out of the building. You know what they did? They kept everything inside. They kept everything internal. And they let it slow cook. I question most organizations' ability to ride out the storm that comes with having a young quarterback that may or may not be on the field and is inconsistent when he is, that also will then have the coaches, 
to have the continuity with an ownership and a GM group that are all patient while you wait for something to cook. And it's just that whole, like, a, 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 a wash pot never boils, right? Like, there yeah. is this moment for me where all I can think about is, sure, a team that's uh, that needs a quarterback that wants the Josh Allen-like level of production, the Raiders, decide they're going to take him. Are they going to commit long-term to Josh Allen, uh, Josh McDaniels, and Dave Ziegler being in the building with Mark Davis and keeping the same weapons around him and continuity in the system? so that they give him time to develop the way he wants to develop. It wasn't just Josh Allen. It was the village that was around Josh Allen. And I think that's where most teams get it wrong. And if you're drafting Will Levis to be Josh Allen, you better organizationally have the commitment to the rest of the group to raise that village. And I don't think most teams do. Well, I'll tell you, a positive that you know Will Levis is going to have going into this draft is that his former offensive coordinator, who's now back in Kentucky as the offensive coordinator, but last year he was the OC for the Los Angeles Rams, and he had been with that that organization previous to 2021, is that he had Liam Cohen as his offensive coordinator. And that offense, that NFL offense, that NFL mindset, that's a positive for Will Levis moving into the draft, more so other guys don't have that same promise. It's going to be interesting because – what did we say about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud? I'm going to apply it universally. This is about right now getting to know the young man, too. You're going to have to know how the young man handles adversity, how the young man handles the up and downs, how the young man handles inconsistency, because nothing's going to be easy for most of these guys when they get to the pros. Like some of it, sure, some of your national athletic ability will be fine. But I look at a guy like Justin Fields and say, has he had an easy transition into the NFL? My God, no, right? So they're going to have to be the calming force around chaos instead of being the uh, instead of being able to sort of just live life with shield blinders on and just go through the day they're going to have to be the ones that create calm in a sea of chaos in an environment they've never been in before I, I this is why it gets so difficult for me when you're looking at most of these quarterbacks that if I can't say for sure that's my guy man I I, I would rather go with one of the best players at a different position I'm risk averse Harry Lamar Jackson yeah I mean and look, I've seen it from long. I would trade. I would trade the picks. I would take Lamar before I would ever draft any quarterback because, my God, it's all just a crapshoot. I'm, I'm just saying. So we do know that Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and now Will Levis have thrown when Anthony Richardson throws next week. I'm sure we'll get new mocks. We'll also keep you updated on what our best experts are telling you. In the meantime, I was at Madison Square Garden last night and saw an absolute classic, and there was one reason that it was even more special. Tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Noel throws to the rim for Johnson who slams it in. Noel ties the record with his 18th assist. There's a reason that two of my guys made All-American teams this year. And I don't know if there's another team in the country that had two. So at the end of the game, if the game is closed, I feel really good because I got two of the five best players on the floor. Noel drives in, lays it up, and it goes in at the buzzer. And Kansas State has advanced to the Elite Eight.
Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And right now, we're just letting Bruno Mars take it where you want to go. Oh, tell me. Tell me, Bruno. What do we do? Turn them down. All right. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we're just setting the mood. Friday afternoons, we set the mood for Friday night. That's what we like to do on this show. Well, we got to let them know, if, if you're a first-time listener, uh, yeah. what we love to do on Fridays is have Love Friday. So we play a lot of, you know, music to get people feeling good about themselves and also uh, feeling good about, you know, the weekend or the night they may have tonight. I mean, Versace on the floor is just a great lyric. I don't care who you are. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. We've been asking you guys the best sporting event you ever went to that wasn't involving your favorite team. So uh, not one that you win with, with a rooting interest. This is an honor of me being at the Sweet 16 last night at Madison Square Garden. Uh, shout out to Vols fans, by the way. Uh, y'all know I spent a lot of time in Nashville. Harry and I both have a lot of Nashville history. I knew Vols fans would be out there at Madison Square Garden. It was largely orange at one point and very derunk. So, you know, uh, they were getting ready for a, a, a wild night there, uh, but obviously uh, enjoying the, the outcome, not what Vols fans wanted, but uh, the party obviously was. Well, they definitely know how to party. We had college game day twice this year during the football season, mm. and one of the things that I found out about Knoxville, Tennessee, is that they know how to party. Yeah, there's there's no doubt most of them were, were too caned to know how that game ended either way. So, uh, sorry for the loss there, Vols fans, but way to represent New York. Uh, so, you guys are chiming in. Todd in South Carolina, uh, give us the event that you went to, uh, Todd. Thanks for calling the show. Yeah, hi. I was a lifelong Atlanta Braves fan, and um, when I was younger, I lived in South Florida, and before I moved back home to Indiana, my parents got give me an opportunity to do something I've never done. I've never been to an actual professional baseball game. And it was the Florida Marlins at the time. It was May of 96. And Al Leiter threw the Marlins' first no-hitter as a franchise as my first Major League Baseball game ever. That's amazing. Like, imagine your first Major League Baseball game being that, Harry. Like, this is, uh, I can only imagine when you and I go see a Mets Braves game at City Field that that's what I'm going to feel when the, the Mets destroy the Braves. Like, it's uh, that magic if I can't believe I saw that in person. Well, I'm a huge baseball fan, so I'm going to encourage a lot of people that are listening uh, to take yourself to a baseball game. If you have kids, take them. It's a wonderful time. Plus, it's a pitch clock now, so games don't last longer anymore. Have you ever been to a Yard Goats game up here in Hartford, by the way? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. The Yard Goats do it right. Like, it is a sensation for the Yard Goats. I already bought a ticket to Bark in the Park so I could take Annabelle with me to a game in a couple of weeks, and uh, she gets to hang out. But, yeah, like, of all the minor league baseball stadiums that I've been to, I've never been to one nicer uh, than what they've built, Dunkin' Donuts Park and and the Yard Goats do. We'll get you up to a Yard Goats game, get you some Yard Goats gear. Uh, This year they've got some weird, uh, like, alternative uh, mascot that's a little pickle on a pogo stick. I'll get you a pickle on a pogo stick. Like, do you know what Major League Baseball 
team are they uh, a minor league team? Uh, affiliated with Colorado, I think it is. Devin, okay. back me up on that. Devin doesn't know. Devin's not even paying attention to the show at this point. <laughs> Devin doesn't even have headphones on. Never mind, Devin. What'd you say? Okay, perfect. Uh, let's go to, to Nikki in Indiana. Nikki, what do you got? Thanks for calling the show. Okay, so in the 2011-2012 college basketball season, um, you know, we are huge Indiana fans, huge IU fans. So I had a customer of ours from our sports bar gift us tickets to the championship game for the Big Ten tournament, and we were all so excited because we thought, okay, IU's going to make it this year. Well, they didn't. Michigan State and Ohio State did. That happened to be Draymond Green's senior year. And um, he won most outstanding player. And I had no idea what kind of NBA career this guy was going to have. And, you know, the rest is history. That's awesome. I mean, that's That's a, like, I hate that you didn't get to see your team in that, but awesome. They were able to find that good memory. Nikki, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, and Harry, I looked it up. Uh, The the Argos are affiliated with Colorado, so I haven't lost my mind. Uh, Let's go to to Keith in Tucson. I I don't know why I decided to name you Teeth. His name's Keith, not to Keith. Okay, you you weren't even listening to the show two minutes ago, Devin. Good God. Keith in Tucson, Arizona. Mommy and Daddy are fighting. Save us all from it. What's the event uh, that that, uh, you went to? Well, I had just come from overseas. I got stationed in in uh, Savannah, Georgia, at Fort Stewart. Um, I was there one day, and the guy they put me in the room with um, had football tickets to go down to Miami. This was January second, nineteen eighty-two. Him and his dad were supposed to go to the playoff game between the Chargers and the Dolphins, and he asked me if I wanted to go. And that was that was one. Of, I'm a Niners fan, but that was one of the best football games I've ever seen. That's all. Well, thank you for your service. Uh, that's uh, that's an awesome story. Like anytime you you luck into playoff tickets or something, I, I mean that's that's incredible, Harry. And and yeah. look, nineteen eighty two. I wasn't even born yet okay. at that point. I, well, I mean, I wasn't that. I wasn't Me that either. old. Okay. Look, look all y'all. Like it, it, Devin. What year were you born in? Ninety one. Ninety one. Okay. Oh my goodness, Devin. Devin was born in ninety one. Uh, I am officially old enough to be your dad. So uh, that that makes me feel some kind of way. <laughs> That's what we just learned, <laughs> that I am old enough to actually be your father. So you might be Uh-oh. Luke Skywalker. I might be Darth Vader. Papa. Just, uh, okay, Papa. <laughs> Papa was a rolling stone. I say all of that to say that last night, uh, Harry, I, I can't say this enough. Last night was a reminder of the best of what college basketball can be. Not just for me at the Garden, but I think for all of us watching. When you see guys like Marquise Noel, we spend so much time in the sport consumed with what's next for all of these guys in the NBA and one and dones and name image likeness. I just keep thinking back to Noel, particularly in this tournament and the life moments he's been able to make for himself, for his teammates, for the alum, for example, of Kansas state, for everybody that was in that building, they will talk about the night that he had uh, the record setting 19 assists. They'll talk about all of this uh, year in and year out for years. He has become a memory. People will carry with them forever from college basketball. And for all the conversation about what's next, it's a reminder that in its moment and in this spotlight, college basketball can shine better than any. Yeah, you talk about a guy in Noel who lives in Manhattan, Kansas right now because that's what Kansas State is, but grew up in New York. Going back to, you know, the place that he's from, playing at Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, in which a place every basketball player, I don't care if it's male or female, they dream of playing in that venue because it's iconic. But putting up that performance, Fitz, 20 points, 19 assists, which became a NCAA tournament record last night, but also willing his team to a win, making the right play. 
just about, I would say, 95% of the time. And doing it at 5'8", 160 pounds, it lets you know it's not about the size of the player, but it's about the heart of the player. And Noel showed that last night. I'm still trying to figure out what I saw last night, and I can't wait to figure out what we will see tonight. So the question is, what's coming? We'll answer that question next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The 2023 NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Noel throws to the rim for Johnson who slams it in. Noel ties the record with his 18th assist. There's a reason that two of my guys made All-American teams this year. And I don't know if there's another team in the country that had two. So at the end of the game, if the game is close, I feel really good because I got two of the five best players on the floor. Noel drives in, lays it up, and it goes in at the buzzer. And Kansas State has advanced to the Elite Eight. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And when you need somebody to stand by you, you need Myron Metcalf, ESPN College Basketball Reporter. It's time for the Boost Mobile Tournament Preview. Switch to Boost Mobile. Everybody For the power to save on one of America's largest 5G networks. Myron, it's Love Friday on here. We're bringing you in the way you always want to be brought in on every show you ever do for the rest of time, right? Like, this is the right way to come into an interview to talk about college basketball. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, I'm reminiscing here because, honestly, it makes you, like, want to call your sixth-grade girlfriend or something. Like, I'm having a flashback. Do I still have her number? I don't know because I'm thinking this song reminds me of that time and maybe I need to make a call. So, Well, well look, we, we got uh, two two goals on, on Love Friday. One is to take you back to a moment in time or the other is to, you know, uh, check the calendar in nine months and see if we help make babies. So either way, <laughs> we're making things weird here on a Friday. Uh, so let's get to a little bit of college basketball. Basketball. Uh, first and foremost, I know we need to move to tonight. You're at the Midwest region. Uh, last night just felt like one of those instant classic nights, not just for Michigan State, Kansas State, but also for Gonzaga, UCLA. Uh, I guess my for you being around the sport so much this year, should we have expected this in this uh, the way this season went? Should we expect total chaos at this point? I think we should expect it every year. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what the tournament is. And I think that's its greatest strength. Its greatest strength, I think, is its unpredictability. And I think you saw that yesterday. I don't know. You know, to me, this is the greatest sporting event in the world. We get three weeks of action that's unrivaled anywhere else. Uh, And this is kind of what makes it so unique. You don't have this in college football. There's no Florida Atlantic or or Fairleigh Dickinson 
that's going to have a chance to battle Georgia or Alabama in college football. Like, you don't have this in the NFL. You don't have this in the NBA. It's legitimately only the only landscape where a team that no one knew of, that no one had ever heard of maybe, can find a way to make a run to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight and have a chance to win a national championship. So I expect the chaos every single year, uh, but we got a couple classics last night. Myron, I want to talk about a game that I think is the biggest one tonight. Number five, Miami versus number one, Houston, right? You look at Isaiah Wong for Miami. You look at Marcus Sasser. What are you looking forward to seeing in that matchup? Well, I think we all know it can't get much better than yesterday. So hopefully it's just a good game. Uh, I think Miami's underrated. I think a lot of people are looking at Miami and they don't have the college basketball brand name, even though they were an Elite Eight team a year ago. I think Houston is a legit number one team. I mean, they're, they're old. They have experience. Marcus Sasser is back. Jamal Shedd is back, so they're, they're close to 100%. And they have Kelvin Sampson, who, you know, if you noticed anything from yesterday, coaching matters. What Jerome Tang did for Kansas State, obviously what Mark Few did at Gonzaga. So I think it's going to be a good matchup. If Houston can kind of pressure Miami and stop them from getting off early, hitting a bunch of threes, I think Houston will control the game. But they have problems with that against Memphis in the AAC tournament title game. So, Miami's going to try to get off to a fast start, but Houston just makes that very difficult. It's hard to play the way you want to play against Houston, uh, but if Miami can pull that off, they'll have a chance. I've got to get your thoughts on this, you being there. One thing that surprised me last night, being at the Garden Humblebrag, uh, was that there were definitely a ton of Kansas State fans, definitely a ton of Vols fans. Like that, that felt like they, those two fan bases overran Madison Square Garden when I was in the building. Uh, do you have a sense right now of what fan base you think is really out there in Kansas City? Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell, but I think Houston's here for sure. You know, thinking about possibility of history and, and hosting the tournament, hosting Final Four and playing in it. Uh, Xavier fans, I've seen some of them. Obviously, Texas. I mean, the weird thing here is that they didn't put Kansas here, right? So I think the anticipation was that Kansas would survive and they'd be in the Midwest region. But what I think you'll see will be a bigger crowd on Sunday, depending on what happens tonight. Like, we get Houston, Texas. I think I have a whole lot of Texas people who come up for that game. Even a Xavier Elite Eight appearance, you know, with everything they've experienced in the last couple of years, you'll see more fans pour in, uh, I think, as well. But T-Mobile Arena, T-Mobile Center is great, uh, and I think we'll have a good representation from every fan base. I think Rodney Terry has done a phenomenal job taking over for Chris Beard. When you look at Texas, I've seen them play. I haven't seen Xavier play that much. What do you think could be, you know, a pivotal point in this ballgame between those two matching up? Well, Rodney Terry is a, a hell of a coach, as you mentioned. Uh, not sure why they haven't hired him yet officially. <laughs> Don't know what they're waiting on. Uh, Beyonce said put a ring on it. Clearly, Texas hasn't heard that song yet because Rodney Terry's incredible, and he's proven that. I think the way that they can use Timmy Allen in his defensive versatility, they put him on Jalen Pickett uh, against Penn State, and that was the difference maker there. I think they'll use him in different spots against Xavier. If you can slow down Sule Boom, the point guard for Xavier that Jerome Tang actually – I mean, I'm sorry, that uh, Rodney Terry coached when he was at UTEP. I think that changes the game there. Um, and I think Texas is one of those teams that kind of looks at where they're at and they say, look, we play in the Big 12, the best conference in America. We won the Big 12 tournament championship, and that's a difficult thing to do. I think Texas is like a team that's saying we had a harder path to get here than we will to get to the Final Four, and they're just not intimidated – by Xavier, but Xavier's the real deal. You know, a lot of people haven't seen him. Jerome Hunter stepping in, into that front court, filling in for Zach Fremantle, who went down with a foot injury a month ago. He's averaging 20-plus points a game. 
He's really saved their season. And I think Xavier just has dudes at every position and their experience. They'll be tough. So one other team in action tonight. I know it's not your region, but i got to ask you about Alabama. Obviously, uh, they've come into this tournament and lived up to all the hype. If they don't win this whole thing, what will be their downfall? You can't escape the off-court drama. I mean, at the end of the day, young people dealing with stuff that's not basketball. Young people have a hard time winning when all they have to focus on is basketball. Like the lie about the one-and-done era is that all these young guys have won championships. They haven't. 2012 Kentucky won a championship with Anthony Davis. 2015 Duke won a championship. So other than that, it's been a lot of veteran teams. So I think the downfall will be when you get a a murder case in the middle of the season and your star player is attached to that and your head coach can't stop making these ridiculous statements attached to it all, you know what? It weighs on you. And and at some point you can't handle that pressure. So I think that would be the thing for for Alabama because on the court – they're just really, really good. I mean, they've won without Brandon Miller scoring in the tournament. They've won with him. Uh, and I think he is a legit top three pick. And we just haven't seen many teams built like this. Uh, so on the court, I don't know if anything can stop them. The other drama, though, that can get in your head, especially with a bunch of young guys. Myron, pressure makes diamonds, and you're a diamond for us. But Okay, so what's on the vinyl? Like <laughs> when, when Myron gets home tonight, uh, we'll get back to the hotel room. In my imaginary r- mind, he's got like a glass, and he's got like a record player with like an old beat-up vinyl that he can just <laughs> set the mood for. What goes in the glass and what's on the vinyl? <laughs> oh, man, pro- probably, you know, probably something good in the glass and definitely some Al Green uh, on the vinyl. I mean, Al Green is, is if you want to know what to do in life, just – Talk to Al Green. He'll tell you. He'll walk you through everything. That's probably what's on the record player. <laughs> oh, nobody does it better, Myron. Appreciate your time. And just like that, on cue. How do we even know? Myron, enjoy the games tonight, brother. Thanks for hanging out with us. Right, thanks for luck. I'm so in love with it's Myron Metcalf, ESPN college basketball reporter and host of Sunday mornings on ESPN Radio. We'll get you all the reaction to everything that Myron just told us. We'll figure out what's actually in the glass. And most importantly, we'll tell you what to expect tonight with all the college basketball action. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Shout out to Evan Wilner, Devin Kane. They do a great job putting this stuff together. I'm going to be honest. We finish a show. Harry and I go about doing 200 other things. The guys continue grinding all the time, and it's their work outside of just the time that we're in front of a microphone that allows us to laugh at all of that. So uh, kudos to you, gentlemen, for putting that was really good. Uh, that was really great, good. Uh, it had me smiling the entire time it was playing. I mean, it's not hard to make you smile though. Harry. you get to look at me all day, and I'm pretty. So like, it just feels like you should what? be in a good mood. Well, I, and the and the frown has arrived. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> turn that frown upside down. All right, so Fitz and Harry, I don't know what I'm doing anymore on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. What I do know is that it is time for some Fitz picks. 
time to build your balance. Give me the money. This is Fitz Picks. Give me the money. I can't decide right now because it means I got to pick all these games. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. So far, uh, my bank account has dwindled through the course of college basketball. Uh, March Madness has not been friendly to me so far. Uh, but we have four matchups tonight, so let's take a look at these. Uh, obviously, Devin, we got Alabama, the number one seed over San Diego State. And and look, I the number the reason I asked Myra Metcalf just a minute ago uh, what will be the reason Alabama doesn't win at all is because his answer is what everybody says, the distractions. But here's the thing. Alabama's handled that brilliantly throughout the whole course of this tournament so far. Uh, they're a seven-point favorite, and I think there's very little shot that they don't continue on at this. I like Alabama. I like Alabama to win by more than seven. Over-under on it's 137.5. I, I actually like the over on that. Uh, Alabama right now looks pretty untouchable. I think it's the complications off the court that, that are fair conversations, but on the court when they can shut out the noise, I don't know how anybody beats them. Well, and I'll say this, you look at their first matchup in the NCAA tournament, and even though Brandon Miller didn't score any points, it showed you the rest of their team and how complete they are. That's not going to be the case tonight. Brandon Miller is going to be the star that he is, the, the top three draft pick that he will be in the 2023 NBA draft. So look for Alabama to win tonight, but not only win, win big. Uh, also, the next one we got is Miami, a five seed against Houston, a one seed, and Houston's a legit one seed, but they're favored by seven and a half. And I don't know. I like this experience thing. And, and I, you know, it just sort of hits me sometimes in these situations. And Miami went on a run to the Elite Eight last year. They've been in this situation before. I, I kind of actually like I, – I like Houston to win this game. But I think it's going to be a tight game. So I could see Miami covering, so they'll lose by less than 7.5. Uh, I, I think Houston wins the game. But this one feels to me like this is one of the – it might be, in my mind, the best game of the weekend. I agree with you, and the fact that uh, Miami has a guy in Isaiah Wong who can get a bucket basically when he wants to. Mm. Usually when you're a team in NCAA tournament and you can go to a, one particular player or multiple players and say, you know what, when we need this guy to get us a bucket, he will come through. So look for this matchup to be close. I do believe that Houston's going to win the game, but I, I, I agree with you. It's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Yeah, well, and that would match sort of what we've seen. Other than UConn last night, it feels like everything's been super tight. Uh, what about Princeton-Creighton? I want this Princeton thing to continue you on but at some point you're a 15 seed for a reason so for that very very blanket like raw reason I feel like Creighton is the better team but Creighton's favored by 10 that's a big number against Princeton Princeton uh Creighton gets a few days to get ready for Princeton I think Creighton wins I think they cover but I don't love 10 points that's a big margin you know what I'm gonna take Princeton in this matchup just because I feel I feel like it Okay. I, look, I'm all in for that. Like, sometimes you just got to follow your feels. I'm and then you got Xavier taking on Texas, and that's a three versus two seed. Uh, by the seeding, it should be the best game of the night. I think there's a little magic right now to what Texas is doing. And, you know, there have been some real and I think valuable questions about uh, why they haven't named uh, Terry their, their full-time coach instead of just their interim coach. But I also think that sometimes guys just sort of gravitate together in those situations. Like, there seems to be a gelling to what Texas is doing right now where it feels like everybody's playing for everybody. I, I like the way they've moved the ball throughout this tournament. I think Texas wins this game. They're only favored by four, so it's supposed to be a tight game. Uh, I like Texas. I like the four. I, I think it's a good game but I think Texas can win. Yeah, and we talk about Alabama facing adversity. It's not like Texas didn't either. 
right? Their coach got got um, fired in the middle of the year. Rodney Terry took over. They had to face adversity. They overcame it, didn't miss a beat, won the Big 12. So I'm going with Texas in this matchup. Yeah, I also think, you know, the Big 12 element of this is is big, uh, obviously. All right, so look, we, we sort of agree on on most of these matchups other than Princeton. Uh, when you look at the bracket overall, uh, at, by the time we hit air – on Monday, there'll be a Final Four. So, you know, I still like Alabama out of one uh, one bracket. I think I like Texas over Houston in the other. So I'm going to say the Final Four at this point. I'm thinking Alabama. I'm thinking Texas. I'm thinking Kansas State. And I'm thinking UConn. Does that make me a homer that I'm thinking Ooh. UConn? I don't know. They, they no, just, UConn, UConn's listen, they playing. had a lopsided uh, win against Arkansas, who's very, very athletic and, and showed a ton of athleticism over the last few years. Arkansas has really showed us the team that they can be. So that, that win yesterday by UConn was a staple win and, and let everyone know that they're here to stay. Yeah, well, and, and it was kind of wild even uh, as I was walking out of the garden uh, half uh, halfway through the Tennessee game. There were UConn people everywhere. They were just schmammered. So Celebrating that win, uh, I had no idea there was a contingent of UConn fans in, in New York. I get it, proximity-wise, it makes sense, but uh, UConn fans uh, up here in Connecticut are rabid. So I'm the first to admit that maybe it's all the chatter I hear up here all the time about it. But one thing I will say is, if that's the case in my mind, we end up with very few one seeds making it through. And I, I still like at this point, I'm kind of rooting for Kansas State. I know Marquise Noel has played so incredible. I, I'm, I'm rooting for Kansas State. Is that okay? No, it's nothing wrong okay. with that. Well, I, I like Keontae uh, Johnson's story. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna say, well, like it. That's, I like how he's overcome. Right. You know, the tragedy that happened on the court, and he's balling out for the team right now. What I know is Kenny and Carlin always balling out for the team, known as ESPN Radio. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.